Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, while many currently view the Hong Kong police force with scrutiny and even downright scorn since the democratic protests, once upon a time, the Royal Hong Kong Police, a British colonial police force, was universally accepted as the best police force in Asia. Unfortunately, many of those memories are fading. So today we sit down with Police Constable Wong, or Officer Wong, from the Royal Hong Kong Police, and we'll listen to him recount some of his times on the force of which he served. Now, we've redacted his image from any of our internet sources, and only leave you with the audio recording due to his past and current undercover work. And since this is a remote recording, you'll have the privilege of experiencing the many sounds of a typical Chinese household. But we'll get to hear him recount on how some of the Hong Kong policemen dealt with criminals who smuggled Chinese Kalashnikovs and grenades into the dense cityscape, and how the maritime police units patrolled the sea border rife with smugglers, illegal immigrants, and foreign intelligence agents. And finally, his duration as a rural police officer, working on the border that was at some points five meters away from Chinese PLA soldiers, who in 1967 indeed shot and killed Royal Hong Kong policemen who were just doing their duty. Now, I grew up in the 90s in colonial and post-colonial Hong Kong, so this segment is very near and dear to my childhood memories. And I hope you enjoy our conversation on Hong Kong that currently only exists in the memory of those who were there. Now, before we get any farther, a message from our sponsor, Slate's Black Industries. If you like good looks and you like good kit and you need M-Lock accessories, consider SlatesBlackIndustries.com, the maker of M-Lock grips and accessories. That's SlatesBlackIndustries.com. So today, I would like to explore the Royal Hong Kong Police, and maybe we could take a step down memory lane, and uh, Wong, sir, is, that's actually Cantonese Chinglish is what we call it. Instead of saying Officer Wong in Cantonese in Hong Kong, you would call him Wong, sir. So today we're sitting down with Wong, sir, and we'll sort of kind of draw back and and think about uh, what the Royal Hong Kong Police was. But I distinctly remember the beautiful Burmese green uniforms, very smart looking with a Sam Brown belt and a revolver on your hip. And I distinctly remember that image because it was very different from any police officer in the United States. Yes. In fact, you know, know, back to the old time in Hong Kong, so people from the local neighborhood, like law-abiding citizens, they really appreciate when we appear with that uniform. Even from a distance, they would just say hi to us. Yeah. So that's that's something that I think a lot of times the current generation may not have as great of an understanding towards. Because, of course, right now we're speaking after the uh, pro-democracy protests. And we're not going to get into the political side of, of things there. But the mm. image of the Hong Kong police have, has certainly massively degraded since the colonial days of the Royal Hong Kong police, which... From my understanding, it was considered the best, not one of the best, the best police force yeah. in the East. Yeah, uh, back it in was. The day. Yeah, it was. By the time, the old time Hong Kong, they divided as uh, four, uh, uh, mainly, you know, with uh, four uh, division. One is the, the local Cantonese speaking uh, police officer, and another one is uh, the uh, South Asian, that include mm-hmm. uh, Pakistanian and uh, some Indian, also uh, uh, Europe, you know, Commonwealth, and the fourth division, they are from the Shandong. They are the latecomer uh, with the Royal Hong Kong Police Force. So we call uh, 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 a Shandong officer. They don't even, they don't even know, uh, uh, you know, those those Chinese characters. They only just uh, always do, you know, uh, the traffic or the the, uh, main gate guard, you know, so uh, 
every single time when they need to do paperwork, we have to help them out. So there were immigrants um, because uh, before the uh, communists uh, take over the uh, mainland China, they were local recruited army or even army officers. Yeah. What, er- what era forces. was this? What year was that? Oh, it was after the Qing Dynasty. You know. So back in the day, back in in post Qing Dynasty, so pre communist takeover of China, the mm-hmm. Royal Hong Kong Police really resembled the Singaporean uh, yeah what we see in Singapore nowadays the the, yeah. the very, very big mix of Southeast very Asian good mix like and, Toronto yeah. police or MIPT so let's fast forward to the 80s and the 90s when you were in uh, how did yeah. how did how did the force makeup look like because I remember seeing some Indian and some uh, white British Officers in the right Royal British, Hong yeah. Kong Police as well, as well. Yeah, I would say you know I was lucky uh, during a uh, great old time because uh, mm-hmm. in one platoon maybe we came from uh, some other background, so some people speak some other dialect like Chu Chinese, Shanghainese, or you know some other you know other dialect from mainland. Uh, so basically, especially for the like South Asian, uh, that including uh, Pakistanian or the, like a Sikh people. It, the Indian, mm-hmm. so uh, they've been uh, with um, generations, like some of them even four or five generations. Yeah, it's uh, more more than uh, some of the local uh, born Chinese. Like, you know, my parents, they came from mainland and I was the first generation born in Hong Kong and also adopt, you know, uh, uh, really blending into the Hong Kong society and uh, with, the, with the British rule. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, underline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how how so how did you end up in the Hong Kong uh, the Royal Hong Kong Police? Uh, when I was little, um, the image for the police officer are not that good because uh, for most of the people will, will say if, if if you're good, you don't need to be a uh, you don't need to join the force. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you don't need to go, you know, go to the forces or you know. Anyways, you know, it was really corrupt. Yeah, it was the um, uh, like mostly uh, 1965 to uh, 1975. Uh, it was very crop. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, I've been witness uh, when I went to the uh, like you know the Wanton uh, Noodle Bar, the local Wanton Noodle Bar. The police officer in uniform just uh, walk in and have a free wonton soup, and uh, end up also you know uh, just uh, get the money from the you know. Uh, uh, from the uh, shopkeeper or the boss, it's common. Just like you sleep and eat as a police officer for that mm-hmm. time period. But after that, after the ICAC Independent uh, uh, Commission of Anti uh, Anti Corruption, so uh, formed in the, uh, 1974, and they also arrest a lot of uh, high ranking officers. By the time I was about like you know nine ten years old, I heard about that. Uh, they just arrest uh, maybe you know uh, half of the police officer from the Hong Kong station or Yamate station. So, so that means that uh, you know for the next couple of weeks, uh, you know they got no they got no people. Yeah. To, no, to no. Do this, any... this this cannot be understated. My 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 dad was in Hong Kong around the seventies oh, as well. Yeah. And so he actually told me stories about the uh, the corruption. Yes, um, that you are it's common. By that time, everything has a price, you know. Uh, you want yeah. to open a place for uh, mahjong or or underground yeah. uh, gaming, so they get you a price. It's everything the same, or every district, they got a standard uh-huh. price. Just and like you the, walk into uh, Costco in North America. <laughs> for some viewers who who are unfamiliar, mahjong is sort of how you would play poker in in America. You would play yeah. mahjong as, yeah, as poker the, game. the chips that you would yeah. throw around with cash. What? My understanding is that if you had a mahjong game back then, corruption was so bad that you always put some money aside for the for the police officers that came around because they would if hear they the mahjong. If they come over, then you know, yeah. yeah, that yeah, that's the the sharing or expenses. <laughs> like some of so, the you know uh, local area in China now, uh, I know mm-hmm. how come you know the price and the service uh, are being so high, and this uh, just explain that you have to divide it as a at least three portion, one for the police and one for the uh, local uh, child gang. And they only got like maybe 50 or 60, you know, uh, profit. But yeah. the ICAC is something that I think um, 
perhaps people in the West are not familiar with. And, and that, is a, that was a pivotal point of the, Hong Kong, the Royal Hong Kong Police mm -hmm. uh, was the formation of the ICAC. Now, the ICAC is the anti-corruption... Yeah, directly, so, uh, directly under the uh, governor of Hong Kong. Right. So it, it, yeah. answer, it's a commission that answers to nobody, and it's a law enforcement agency that can arrest people for being corrupt. And they were so efficient that Wong Sir was actually saying they, they arrested half of the officers yeah. in one station. And Mong Kok is not a small station. That's, that's, a, that's one of that's the big, big stations. That's a huge, yeah. So my understanding is that the ICAC directly boosted the trust that the people had in the Royal Hong Kong police back then. After several years, between like uh, 74 to uh, late 70, 76, 78, yeah. So, so you because, joined uh, afterwards? Of course. You know, uh, by the time uh, I was still underage, I only uh, joined uh, what they call the uh, junior police corps, JPC. Uh, I still remember uh, uh, there is a classic movie. It was a long time ago, more than 30 years ago. Sean Connery just said, uh, you know, if you want a good apple, just pick it from the tree, not on the ground. Mm -hmm. so, trying to, you know, uh, uh, get... To, you know, get those kids and uh, go to the uh, police station, you know, to get a good, better bonding while while the street kid, you know, uh, they were still young. And later on, uh, they will just uh, brought them to the police get that school. So mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, once uh, to uh, get uh, got into that school, which was very good. And also later on, we figured out that oh, it was uh, planned uh, before, you know, uh, before they form the ICAC, because uh, you know, if they don't have the manpower to refill those people being arrested, that's the whole idea uh -huh. for the police cadet school. So after like may, uh, maybe from uh, seventy four to uh, to seventy six, because uh, the uh, at, so actually the you know the uh, the huge arrest, the big arrest are, are occupying like between seventy five to seventy seven. So. They got enough uh, man uh, manpower to to refill, yeah. Those uh, police mm. maybe some of them arrest, some of them escape from Hong Kong forever, and some of them just uh, simply uh, realize that uh, McNeil they send a pardon for you know all the activity before the nineteen seventy six. It's okay if you you are not on the top list, okay. But after that, you got to go back to what you're supposed to do. Yeah, mm. a cop is a cop. Yeah. And so, so how was how was it when by the time you joined um, the Hong Kong police, what did the people think of the Royal Hong Kong police by the time you joined? Uh, so uh, people's uh, really uh, trust and also uh, recognize a uh, uh, police career is also uh, uh, you know, a respectful career in the community. By that time, um, most of the officers, they have to uh, complete the high school. Although uh, it sounds, uh, you know, it sounds nothing. For now, but by that time, most of the white job also require complete the high school. I was lucky because by the time the uh, reputation of the public are pretty good, and also uh, we got lots of opportunity to get the recognition and the promotion. Yeah, because the city are expanding uh, to new territory, and also the force are expanding. Because compared to America and compared to the UK. The Royal Hong Kong Police is one of the most diverse sets, yeah. has some of the most diverse sets of units in there because people don't realize that Hong Kong outside of the urban area also has a lot of maritime locations. So there's a lot yeah. of caves and coves for, for pirates to hide. I was there too. Yeah. And, and the, the, there's also actually Hong Kong has a lot more green space than it actually has urban space. So yeah. there's also a lot of rural places for patrol and then also yeah, rural hong patrol, kong a, yeah hiking and hong kong also <laughs> has a lot of money and therefore money attracts terrorism yes and hong kong also has some of the top the top counter terror unit in asia back then and so yeah, yeah. so people in hong kong people in outside of hong kong don't realize how diverse the police force has <sighs> to be because it actually crosses a lot of boundaries with what a, a country's military would be doing uh, yeah. in, let's say, in America with the Coast Guard or or even yeah. with uh, Border Patrol. But so police just take them all. Right. 
so so for you for you i mean to say that you were formerly I've been with a the border member. patrol rural and also the city like the mong kong station was okay my, so uh, last post that is really interesting because i've actually never talked to anybody who was on on border patrol duty in in the royal hong kong police so i'm looking yeah. forward to learning something from you so tell us a little bit about at that time you know anything that you that we did are not are not allowed at all <laughs> what do you mean ladies and gentlemen we hope you're enjoying the podcast thus far I just wanted to say a huge thanks to our patrons from Patreon and supporters from Utreon for making shows like this possible. And we'd like to invite you to join us in the inner circle. Shows like this are made possible by our supporters on Patreon and Utreon. But if you can't, we totally understand. We'd be just as happy for you to subscribe to our newsletter on slateblackindustries.com so you can get alerts on any upcoming and future podcasts and YouTube videos. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, just like, uh, you know, carrying uh, our uh, the high-power air rifle, uh, uh -huh. really restrict and also prohibited. So, but because uh, we live in the uh, new territory, the rural, uh -huh. yeah, a lot of police, uh, they also the uh, local village people, they own it. <laughs> Then okay, they carry so, into the patrol car, the Land Rover. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's why you know the border patrol are fun. Moldova mm -hmm. is boring, and also, wow, you know the environment are not that good. Lots of mosquito, and but uh, you know you like go for camping or picnic every day, and also, yep. wow, you know, at the end of the you know at the end of the shift, you always uh, walk to the local seafood restaurant with a very ah. good price uh, of the uh, 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 like the uh, seafood feast. Uh, nice. as a highlight yeah of, okay you know, so of the shit okay so let's Don't let's go dial this back a little let's dial this back yeah, yeah. i want to hear more about that that is that's very interesting yeah, so, yeah. so we're going to start with the uniform uniform patrol officers and then we'll talk about the ptu and the subdivision tactical, of the ptu unit yeah the police tactical unit and a subdivision of the ptu which would be the sdu and yeah. the ASU. so the yeah. elite units yes and then we'll talk about the maritime units. Oh, and yeah. And then finally, we'll end up, and I'd like to hear some stories from your time with the Border yeah. Patrol. Like, uh, the, like the early transition period. Yeah. <laughs> early transition yes. period. Yes. And yeah. so, so we'll start. So, so these five major parts Topics. of the Royal Hong Kong yeah. Police, we'll, we'll start talking about. So first of all, we're starting with the... Um, your police constables and your traffic police, which their primary equipment would be the Smith & Wesson Model 1038 Special Revolver. And But under cer certain circumstances, I've seen them with a Remington 870 shotgun, and some of them had MP5s in their yeah, patrol yeah, vehicles, yeah, awesome. and I've even seen some of them qualify on the AR-15. Uh, but Wong, sir, I understand that you have some background information on how the Royal Hong Kong Police, a British entity, settled on an American 38 Special Revolver, something that you would actually see in America rather than the UK. Okay, so basically, uh, it was like uh, uh, in the year of uh, like 83, so... Uh, the place's name uh, is uh, it's, it's in the middle row. I still remember it's uh, in the middle row, not middle of the row. That street name, middle row, and Nathan Row. So uh -huh. they had a big uh, gunfight uh, with the uh, local police officer and uh, someone. Actually, that guy is not from uh, Daihun. It's not originally from uh, from the mainland. So uh, the organizer. Uh, he probably as a drug trafficker, so uh, that's why he got a uh, forty-five mm. ACP. So uh, since you know uh, the department realized that, and more and more scenario like like this, they have to upgrade, you know, the weapon because uh, by the time it was uh, just still used a tiny uh, like old model for the ex not good enough to en to engage a, a weapon like the five seven Magnum. Four five eight four five ACP. So, Hong Kong, as as I remembered, was very restrictive on firearms. Uh, yes, I mean, and this is my understanding that even a cartridge casing, not the cartridge, but just the casing, casing, legal 
to to possess. Is that correct? Not illegal. You have to be under license. Like when uh-huh. I uh, was in uh, with police force there, I was uh, also the uh, shooting club member. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you know I'm licensed to own. Okay, so uh, so maybe a better way of saying it is that firearms were very um, restricted, controlled. very yeah. restricted, like so, stay off from the uh, public's hand. So as yeah. as far as a patrol officer in the streets, a, a police constable, PC, mm. if they if they were to go around and they met someone who had a firearm, that is probably that's probably someone like more of a career criminal or triad gang member or someone who. So basically, it, is. Yeah, if you uh, not only own handle handle any firearm, you know, uh, without license, you are probably to be. They will lay out the charge for up to ten years in oh, you know, wow. in jail. That's how it works for the punishment. Unlike in Canada, you know, our our prime minister always said, "Oh, just take all, you know, take off all the handgun or something like that." We will, we will, we will save. That's I would say that's too too naive, you know. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. because uh, we all understand that even though uh, back to the old time for the normal citizen, they don't even have a chance to have uh, seen a wheel gun, <laughs> but still mm-hmm. uh, a lot of higher firing power because uh, they form other way, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the flat market. Okay. So where okay. where was, where did the black market uh, where did the firearms flow in from in the black market in Hong Kong? Uh, that will be by that time. That will be uh, two ways. One is uh, the the marina, so or uh, even uh, to be honest, uh, I know that uh, from the MP of U.S. Embassy, they said you know uh, some of U.S. troops they had the uh, exercise in Philippines or Thailand, then they just simply uh, bring it bring it to ship, with, without declaring you know when they enter the port of Hong Kong, mm-hmm. then they just uh, bring them around. Uh, into the bar and also uh, sell the gun. <laughs> by that time, wow. by that time, yeah. Well, uh, maybe I'll ask you a little bit more about the Haxing uh, Sautern and oh, the. Oh, uh, because uh, you know, uh, China and Vietnam had a war uh, during the 1978. Yeah, the spring right after the Chinese New Year, and after the war, actually a lot of uh, weapon are. Uh, uh, missing from the battlefield or from counting you know so that's the major source of the uh uh like chinese tucker off or even mm-hmm. uh type 79 uh the uh, chinese ak yeah it's really to see them uh, to bring the sks mostly it's that two type you know yeah type 79 and also the, the uh, chinese made russian style grenade yeah so for the Royal Hong Kong Police, it seemed like it was either nothing or it was everything that yes. they had to deal with. When you stop and search a people on the you know on the uh, on the street, especially after maybe uh, mid eighty, you can assume that you know that's a, only just like a sheep. You know, some of the police officers you know lose their life by that. That's why okay. we always assume that well, you know, maybe this guy will be had. Uh, Polish uh, machine gun or uh, Chinese uh, Chakarov or not AK because in the back maybe a grenade. What was a qualification for the Smith & Wesson uh, Model 10 for a police officer? Oh, they have to finish the basic course. The course is like uh, 360 rounds. They got two stages. One is 10 meter and the other 15 meter. So basically with the 15 meter, they normally you shoot with the barricade. Which is the you know common sense? You find the cover like the stairway or uh, before the handover, the mail post will be a good mm-hmm. cover. You know, yeah. Uh, the mail posts they've all changed. They're no longer the uh, the red no, no. ER stamped no. mail posts. Where, but uh, they're solid. Yeah, they're very even solid. AK yeah. Can, yeah, even the AK. <laughs> yeah, you can hide. In some cases, if they use the uh, Russian type, you can just simply fold the grenade into the mail post. Yeah, oh really? Everyone. That is absolutely insane to think that you were yeah. getting Russian grenades thrown at you in in the uh, in the city. Yeah, and sometimes so, if you uh, find out, you know, someone already pull out the pin and uh, trying to threat you. Once, uh, if uh, that guy is uh, cordoned, there's uh, no one from the bomb squad around. You just uh, take out your take out your pin of your number, put it back. Oh wow! 
that's what the old timer teaching because by the time our our uniform still like very traditional not nowadays nowadays well <laughs> you can't find a pin so i i know i remember seeing the royal hong kong police typically and they still do they typically patrolled in those really tall vans uh, I think the, the van had seven. Mm, it was uh, five at or your seven age. for my for my period. Mostly the Land Rover. Oh, Land Rovers back then. Land Rover Defender, the same vehicle like the British forces. You know, ah, very we always nice. interchange and uh, do the uh, joint operation and the exercise. So, in one vehicle, what what was what was um, how many people were how many officers were in one for vehicle? the Land Rover? Normally, four to five people. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the first and second row which is uh, we all like you know we all like full house and other the uh, the rear of the rear of the vehicle we normally put the uh, gear like you know generator because by by that time the lithium uh, battery are not that common we just uh, mm -hmm. use the generator to set up the uh, roadblock or something like that that's why a lot of gear and also uh, x70 yeah, when you set up uh, a Remington, robot, Remington, 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 uh, yeah, X70 police model. Okay. Yeah, and sometimes in some of the unit, like EU emergency unit, they got uh, tear gas, they got tear gas gun, grenade launcher, grenade launcher, not for grenade, it's uh, from the wooden, uh, uh, wooden pallet, you know, to hit the crowd when ah. when it's out of the wild, you know, they just hit the ground and try to, you know, uh, you know, grab the crown to be dismissed. So Use the rubber, the rubber, uh, the less rubber, lethal, less wooden, 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 less lethal projectile. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the grenade launcher. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and AR too. Yeah, just in case because you know they got uh they got no other choice later on. Well, you know they normally uh, put the MP5 on the you know on the patrol car or even the uh, EU. So one Land Rover was an EU, an emergency unit. Yes, they can. And sometimes they would uh, use the station wagon, but uh, so for most of the time, I was uh, 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 in the uh, in the new territory. So that's why uh, you know everyone uh, uh, most most of the time equipped with the uh, Land Rover as a okay. standard uh, police pet police patrol car. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, for our training menu, Land Rover also uh, has a good cover for like the uh, handgun bullet or something. Like that. They got a picture wow. and also show us, uh, you know, how to use the Land Rover as as a cover <laughs> for the shooting stand. Uh, but for all other vehicle like the Evico or the Japanese make, no, no, never, never do that. So you mentioned that the vans, the tall vans, was from my era. Yeah, yeah, a late eighty to uh, yeah to now. Was it the same? Is it the same type of equipment that just shifted from the Land Rover and to those vans? Oh yeah, because uh, you know, uh, back back to the old day, all Defender has no air, uh, has no AC, and oh. later on they said, wow, they said, wow, police is not the not the military type, you know, they should have a more like you know, <laughs> uh, what they call luck, you know, luxury working environment <laughs> because uh, it was fight by the union you know ah <laughs> uh, okay yeah. well that's that's nice so the royal hong kong police then had the the police tactical units the ptu uh, yeah. which as we were saying wears instead of a standard service cap they wear a uh, a beret with mm -hmm. the triple color the red gold and royal blue yeah, uh, behind the uh, the badge, the crest of the Royal Hong Kong Police, and yeah. they also wore uh, military boots. So it was yeah. a more military geared police unit. Yes, and and my understanding is that they dealt with a lot of riots. They dealt with um, basically special circumstances where you needed a surge of manpower. Yes, um, in a uh, location yeah. or in some situation, just uh, you know, as a uh, we serve manpower, you know, just suddenly maybe uh, open fire had been occurred, so they have to find a bullet head or something like that, or the evidence. Yeah. So, so the PTU, the PTU basically outside of the, the outlook, the equipment is generally the same as a police constable, um, especially with what we described the emergency unit vehicles, the EU vehicles. Um, mm. But... Specifically to the PTU, I want to talk about two branches of police services that have 
an incredibly high visibility in Asia. And yeah. that would be the, the two major elite units, the special duties unit, the SDU, the oh, Flying yeah. Tigers, Feifudo. And then I also want to talk about the ASU, the Airport Security. Airport unit. Security, yeah. And a little bit of background for people out there. The SDU, SDU and the ASU um, were both trained and continued to cross-train with the British SAS and yeah. SBS, so yeah. the Special Air Service and the Special Boat Service. Yeah. And uh, they were developed with a lot of the fundamental operating procedures that the British SAS and SBS use. Yes. Um, but then on top of that, they also habitually trained with like the, G the German GSG-9, um, the yeah. FBI HRT, even SEAL Team 6 and, yeah. and Green Berets in America. So it was, it was, it was in all means the elite counter-terror unit that was in the Far East. They were most notable because the outward appearance of the SDU, if you hadn't seen them before, basically looks like uh, an SAS trooper, except mm -hmm. instead of wearing black, they wore uh, blue. Or if they were emergency, emergency called, they yeah. had their vest on and helmet on, and they would just be in civilian clothing. And they used the classic British SAS equipment, which would be the MP5. And so, Wong, sir, I would like to hear from you. And so how For I so myself, how, I don't have very close contact. But, you know, uh, I did uh, shoot with those people uh, in, the, you know, in the gun cup there. And uh, my, uh, my best friend, also the instructor of them. Yeah, besides okay. of the uh, SAS or some other, you know, naval seal. At that time, so, I know, yeah, U.S. Marine also sent people down, you know, down here to have a lot of, like, you know, interaction because they, sometimes they, they need to use our facility and also between the British and the U.S. are the ally. So that's why, you know, basically uh, they, uh, we, rec we recognize and also support each other. You know, uh, uh, one of my best friends later on in the later day, I've always heard that the SDU is extremely secretive with everything that they do. Oh yeah, because uh, they know uh, the blue, you know, the layout, uh, or basically all the uh, all the uh, consulate or embassy in Hong Kong, they know the layout. Ah, I see. Or 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 even a tunnel. I just tell you what I know. So what I don't know, what I don't see, then you know. Okay, so the next piece I want to talk about would be the Royal Hong Kong Police uh, Maritime Units. Sorking yeah. is the Chinese word for it. And uh, this is unique to Hong Kong because Hong Kong actually has more than 1,000 islands there. And mm. um, you were telling me that there's more than 200 that were actually inhabited by people. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that in, its, in its, uh, itself is, is a massive problem to police and yeah. provide any type of law enforcement coverage. On top of that, you've got any type of smugglers, you've got yeah. uh, illegal immigrants, yeah. and you've got potentially, you know, political activities that could be going across the borders right there. Intelligence, like the intelligence from China. Yes, yes. So, so your foreign intelligence services, your foreign military services could yeah. be infiltrating in and out. And yeah. that is a massive headache for anyone, any type of police force out there. And yet the Royal Hong Kong Police had one of the best maritime police units that basically yeah. is the Border Patrol um, on the water. And I would say their primary equipment would be, of course, the vessels that they, that they operate. Um, and uh, I believe they trained quite a bit with the Royal Navy back then. And mm -hmm. the interesting thing is that they actually used Sterling submachine guns all the way yeah. up until the turnover. I, I, I believe they still have Sterling submachine guns in, in their inventory. Um, mm -hmm. Have you have you ever worked with them a lot? Do you know if they work with the I, Navy? I didn't work with them, but uh, but uh, you know I do have a buddy, you know, who's uh, who's a sergeant for the you know uh, for the marine unit. One time I just uh, go to visit him while he and his crew on duty. So when I uh, you know go with them for patrolling, which is strictly prohibited this day, you know, for some other off duty officer just come up. To, to to visit and end up, you know, just uh, uh, 
okay, listen to me. He was uh, only like uh, in the middle of uh, 80. So something we can do back to the old day, not okay. represent nowadays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we first just uh, meet up at the Lo Su Zhao and, you know, uh, uh, meet up with, uh, with them, with the, sea, uh, with the seafood chung, the chung bo chung. Uh-huh. Then uh, I just uh, jump on to their to their fleet on on them and see well you know some people they play they play march on some people are cooking and some people maybe watching the you know AV so until A- they are AV, in the... AV as in like porno porno yeah okay yeah. so these are this, so basically yes. outside <laughs> in the middle of nowhere doing illegal in, things yeah. in uniform <laughs> in uniform. Okay. Or, okay. or or not or or even not in uniform, just carry guns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So basically they are just like just like a family, you know, on the boat. Everybody must be tied up together. It like the military. It's you know, it's yeah. been a boys club. <laughs> it's been a boys' club, you're in a tight unit, everybody yeah. knows each other. Very, you have yeah. to take care of each other. Yeah, you and you have to be tolerant with uh, it with each other, even though uh, you don't like that. Uh, well, you know, you you are on the same boat, exactly. Yeah. So when 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 a when someone from the land forces the as a police constable when they transfer into the maritime units, do you see a change of mindset as they go into a maritime unit? So back to the old day, actually, they just uh, simply when they do the recruiting, they. They just simply uh, said, uh, we are hiring the maritime police. Simple and easy. Okay. A lot of people, uh, they used to be maybe work for the uh, fleet company, like their sailor or or even their, you know, uh, the engine operator or or even higher ranking, uh, you know, crew. So they just uh, joined the police, uh, or, you know, uh, they just joined the police force uh, with the uh, previous uh, experience. So uh, for my point of view, they are, they are just like a group of seamen with, uh, you know, and, and equipped with uh, uh, weapons and uniforms. <laughs> yeah, before that, they are sailor or just jobless, you know, they can find job uh, on the land. <laughs> are, there, are there many of them? Is it a smaller, is it a smaller population in the, poli- in the police? Smaller population, but they are famous. Yeah, uh-huh. always a lot, uh, always a lot of a story because uh, you know, yeah. They, so for their unit, you know, all people has to uh, you know stick together for forty eight hours. No matter they like each other. Sometimes I heard that they might fight in the boat or something after drop. One of the uh, very famous uh, uh, incident, not very famous, uh, you know, a significant significant incident. So uh, the couple. Uh, P four nine nine, being uh, being shot by other drunken uh, uh, marine police officers, yeah. so uh, you know cause uh, at least uh, two die and uh, two serious uh, injury, and that's three four nine nine in Cantonese, uh, the nickname called Fei Po Lai Lai. So he got shot, and okay, and uh, his son, two son. He became as uh, you know the uh, actor of the PTU or something like that. A uh, famous actor, Hong Kong actor. You know Simon Yam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you watch the uh, PTU, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, some of the side, some of the side story. So basically, in my eye, for that period of time, they are just a group of seamen, yeah, and uh, with the police badge, yeah. Very, you know, uh, don't don't deal with uh, a lot of uh, discipline or. Or even don't ask them to do the you know very good shot of uh, <coughs> foot uh, foot you or something like that you know. But it works you know because uh, you know they can uh, easy to uh, to see those are sneaky for the smuggler or the fisherman you know how they mm-hmm. hide and how they run. <laughs> yeah. So the basic equipment will be the Browning uh, you know fifty cal. They will just put it at the you know at the front of the show, but they don't really use it you know. We, uh, they said they always uh, heard, you know, the China side always shoot the smuggler or the II boat. <laughs> now, the border police, Lost. they have a different appearance. The border police yeah. actually wear a, D- a British DPM camouflage pattern. Uh, and they still carry the revolver, the, the Smith & Wesson Model 10, of course. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. But... The border police has a uh, much different job, primarily on the Hong Kong 
and China border up up in the north. But there is a giant swath of land, uh, which is called the New Territories, uh, that the border police in, in the very far north actually do a lot of patrols on. And yeah. so um, outside of the uniform differences, I understand that there's a lot of cultural differences between the border police officers and your Hong Kong uh, city constables. So I'd like oh, to hear a little bit yeah. about... Totally different. Something you see, but you won't take any action if they are minor. So it's, it's what we call big boys rules. Yeah, big boys rule. Exactly. Actually, uh, you know, I was uh, with the uh, rural patrol unit, but, uh, you know, that that part covered the border. And mm -hmm. also, uh, by the time, the Gurkha, you know, the British uh, forces. Yeah. And also, were the they, PTU. Were the, Gurkhas, were the Gurkhas active on the border? Uh, for some of the uh, tough tasks, they would just do it. They would they would just hide into the wetland for uh, for a couple of days without moving, because one time we tried to shoot the duck, and 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 then we figure out that well, you know, <laughs> there's there's someone hiding, <laughs> and say, no, <laughs> they know us, you know. <laughs> why were, why were you shooting a duck for dinner? Well, because uh. The uh, rural for the rural patrol unit, we always uh you know just get the uh, local people. They are also officer, you know. They they recruit local people as a police officer and put them back. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they will also adapt the local like uh, Hakkanese uh, style. Like they uh they they eat dogs in the you know police station and all kinds of uh, wild animals. <laughs> And, and they cook and they like to cook and drink all the you know all the time and plus uh, because uh, they live in the uh, rural area they always in they always in possession of uh, illegal uh, high power air rifle common some of them even keep the you know uh, heritage gun, like the shotgun without registration I can say you know after 90 yeah so that's why every single time we were on the Land Rover and you know we got nothing to do and said well they're stuck that's true <laughs> yeah. and so okay so let, let me let me clarify this a little bit for for some of the guys out there the hakanis are the locals the the og people who were in hong kong yes, before yes. anyone yeah. got there native and native. yeah so those were the yeah. the fishermen the farmers that had lived there yeah. and they speak their yeah, own yeah. dialect and like yeah. cantonese people like you and i we can't understand anything yeah. they're saying um and so just to clarify that a little bit, you know, it's 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 an incredibly diverse environment. But they ate like dogs in the police. Day. I've never heard of anyone eating dogs in Hong Kong. Uh, by that time, because uh, you know, uh, for the uh, for the VIP for the red carpet treatment, uh, that the Hakka people to treat you, which is offer you a very good cooking uh, a pot of a uh, hot dog, not I had not no a idea. hot dog sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hot pot, the dog in the hot pot. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah. So yeah. in the police station. So really, yeah. so really, the rural police and the border patrol really resemble even the, the white officer. They they just pretend, you know, they didn't see that. You know, that's a you know, you know, that's a different different area and also different game. They call not the rural patrol; it's the uh, village patrol. Village patrol, okay. which is like you know. Uh, like the like like the boy like the, like the Boy Scout camper, you have to camp out, go go to different village for a couple of days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have to turn out like three, you know, three days in a week for the rest of the day. There, you know, and some of them are local people too, you know. Ah, uh, so they can they could they get to do extra work and get extra money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not really extra work. It's uh, you know, uh, uh without those uh, people in the in the police force. Uh, they can just uh, get the connection and work efficiently, you know, in the uh, in the village with the area. locals. Yeah, like you know, like in America, if you hire a, a an officer with native background in the Indian uh, Indian reserve, a way better than you hire a, you 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 ask a white officer and ask them to obey the rule there. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And you, you would be the equivalent of the white officer in the in the reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I know some Hakanese. Ah, okay. Because uh, you know, I I have been in a new territory. No matter a uh, city or the border, you know, or the border area. 
I remember. I remember. What's that? What's the northernmost city? There's that one small village in the north that is split between the mainland and and Hong Kong. Oh, uh, it's the China and uh, and British Street. In Cantonese, it's Zhongyang Gai. It was、uh, the same street. One side is the Hong Kong. One side is uh, uh, the uh, mainland. So、uh, by the time when I not really patrol, I you know I was on the guard post over there because you know both、uh, the mainland side like the、uh, PLA and also the Hong Kong they won't、uh, they won't put the、uh, British Army there because you know that's too offensive to them. So by the time、uh, politically correct, put the Royal Hong Kong Police there with the normal uniform, yeah, with the fairly special. But on the other side, which is like five meters. You know, apart five meters up, they equipped with a、uh, Chinese like you know Type seventy nine or minimal、uh, SKS. That's it.、Uh-huh. If we really engage a gunfight, you know, we just、uh, try try to find a place to hide. That's nothing we can do. If the if there is a conflict and it happens once, yeah, during the nineteen sixty seven in、uh, Satao Court, Opatun,、uh, maybe one four, yeah, four people die. Yeah. So, because、uh, by the time the cult, the cultural revolution was being like you know、uh, being hot、uh, for mainland, so therefore,、uh, even though the PLA they are not totally under control, maybe some of the irregular force or the、uh, or the local guard just、uh, simply you know shooting on、uh, you know shooting on the Hong Kong police guard post. So I still remember、uh, that old officer just、uh, recall that. He feel just he just look like he just feel like a shooting duck in a pond. You can imagine,、wow. you know, how hard it is. So just keep hiding in the van、uh, over because、uh, for some other officer, like、uh, East,、uh, there's a two East Indian officer and two local officer, and one was、uh, the CID, the detective, you know, just being shot by the sniper or the or or the automatic weapon, you know, from、wow. the Chinese side. Did the British Army? Uh, or the Royal Marines were they ever、uh, supporting your operations, or was it just the Gurkhas? So basically, they are、uh, entitled of supporting, but they won't show up at the front line. The front line always put the、uh, put the Chinese or Gurkha, like the local officer and and the Gurkha, and the Gurkha they don't really、uh, show up a lot. Just hide, yeah, they just hide in the bush. A lot of、uh, people they、uh, they were illegal immigrants. Even by the time I met、uh, some of the police officer, they were originally as an illegal immigrant, and you know just uh, uh, run that. They、uh, they are neither、uh, you know climbing the mountain or a swim、uh, to Hong Kong. And seven years later, they they became the police officer. Yeah,、oh. in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. By the time you know, because uh, uh, they need people, that's why they、uh, they just randomly hire anyone you know、uh, live in Hong Kong as a permanent resident, which is seven years live in Hong Kong. Yeah, you can even、uh, apply for the police, yeah,、uh, police department、uh. as a PC. Yeah, with their accent, some of <laughs> them with Chu、uh, Chinese, some of them、uh, you know, yeah, Hakanese, Fukchinese,、wow. <laughs> yeah. On the border, do you think the border patrol and the border duty was some of the more dangerous? Not some of the dangerous, but you can feel by that time the Cold War, the feeling of the Cold War standoff. You know, like every single time you have to be pay extra caution for、uh, you know not being not being stupid, doing or saying something which、uh, what the other side think maybe you are too offensive. So not really danger, but because、uh, we look like Chinese and they look like Chinese, so sometimes we even see each other at a restaurant, which is commonly on the border. <laughs> sometimes we just、uh, they just drink and smoke together, you know. Yeah. So how how far how far is it between on patrols in in、uh, in some of the border locations? How far is it between Hong Kong and China? Very close, within few meters, five five to seven meters. The closest, you know, that you can see the other side, just like the, you know,、uh, Berlin Wall. But that time, that's a very, very good example to compare the Cold War, you know, between East and West. Very close. By the time the Law Wu Bridge,、uh, which is the, which is、uh, the closest, maybe within two meters, they draw a line. No. 
And I heard wow. that barely say, barely heard that the male officer Hong, from Hong Kong side, from one Hong Kong side, and met with the uh, female soldier there. Then, <laughs> and they just they just went off and started a family in China. Not really went off. They they still go back to go back work and also you know uh, are standing at the at the same post. But uh, but uh, after. After off duty, that's the family matter. Yeah, that is a Hong Kong I do not that's know. The, of, so. That's jump into the like the late transition period, year of ninety. For my time, was still the Cold War time. West and East still like stand off, just like today. Because after the uh like the late transition period, like between ninety to ninety seven, and after that, the bonding be- between uh, Hong Kong and and Samjun, which is very close. Some of the officer. Even uh, sell the Hong Kong house and uh, just uh, you know buy the house in China because uh, they married with the uh, mainlander. That's why I won't be surprised that uh, nowadays uh, you know the Hong Kong police officer even they're in my age uh, show their passion for the central government just because maybe they already established uh, their lifestyle and and bonding between mm-hmm. uh, the Hong Kong and the mainland. But for my generation and for I myself, uh, I still like keeping the. You know the old time mentalities. Yeah, everybody got choice. By that time, most of the people knows why they want to be a police officer. They want to do the job because they like the job, not the salary or the benefit or any、uh, you know a side benefit. And thus, that is one of the big reasons why the Royal Hong Kong Police, especially in the eighties and the nineties, was considered the best police、yeah. force in Asia. It's. Fundamentally, I think it's because、yeah. mentally yeah. you want to be there. You、sure. want to do this. That is got to be the biggest driving force for a successful uniform unit, in my opinion. Besides of the besides of the people, the spirit and also the mindsetting mentality at the top. Because、uh, you don't know who you are, you don't know why you're doing this job. You will lose the passion, then you you will become、uh, very corrupted. Also.、Okay. Uh, Walter,、yeah. thank you for sharing some of those intimate stories with us. It's、um, we look、My、forward、pleasure. to having you. When, thank you, and, and we look forward to having you back on the show. And for everybody out there, thanks for sticking around, and we look forward to the next one with Walter.